Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. I want to continue this message series called Open Heaven, and as I've been praying, um, obviously a lot, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of prayers going up right now, which is fantastic. See, it's what God always wanted to do. If my people would pray, right? He, so don't, don't ever feel, don't ever feel like, like, oh man, what's going on? No, he's just squeezing another prayer out of you and me. So as I've been praying, I, I, I feel like God is telling me to teach you, our people, about an open heaven. To show them the unlimited resources available to them and how to access heaven and bring it to the earth. I believe the open heaven is the key to the harvest of people coming to Jesus. I believe it with all my heart. So this idea of open heaven is, is common throughout the Bible. Um, as we've, we, two weeks ago, we, we try to lay a foundation uh, of this open heaven and, and, and understand it more. So throughout this series, I'm just praying that you continue to understand it. But really, my prayer for you is to experience it. Like, I am just, just radically believing that wherever you go in your life, you're gonna experience an open heaven, and you're gonna experience the presence of God, and you're gonna experience the miracles of God, the voice of God, the love of God, the supernatural peace that passes understanding from God, the joy of the Lord. These are things that I'm praying for you daily, for our church and our community, that, that heaven opens up over you. Amen? Don't get too excited. You don't have to say, oh, thanks for praying that, Pastor Dan. About it. That, no, this is what we need. Well, Jacob had an open heaven in, in, in the Old Testament. And, you know, he was a guy that was running from even his own identity. His name meant liar. It meant deceiver. So every time he walked into a place, it's, people said, hey, it's deceiver. The liar's here. Can you imagine how that made him feel? So he was running really for, from that identity. He was, he was fearful. He was confused and finally gets to a place where he, he's tired. You ever felt that way? Just tired, tired of what's going on, tired of, of all the stuff that we hear. Just Well, that's actually not a bad place because Jacob finally lays his head on a rock for his pillow. <laughs> By the way, I think it's very significant as we lay our head on the rock named Jesus. But he lays his head on a rock, and he falls asleep, and he has this vision of an open heaven. And we know the story. I'm not going to read it, but the story is that he sees this ladder. That's that Led Zeppelin song. And I'm buying, and she's buying us their way to heaven. Right? That's not really, they, they didn't get that quite right. But, but the truth is, they got that from this moment. Um, by the way, you can't buy your way into heaven Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Free but not cheap. So he has this vision. I want to show you this picture of, of, of kind of what I think he saw when he was laying his head down. It's this open heaven picture um, that will come up eventually. It's, it, there it is. It, it, it kind of, so just, just, I wanted you to see this because I think that a, a picture is powerful to your brain. Like when you just think, just look at this picture because this is what I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you 
that, that, that you would have this open heaven over your life and that the light, as Meg was talking about, the light of Christ, the powerful light of the gospel would move in your life like never before. That's kind of what he saw. He said, man, I see. But, but in his vision, he saw angels going up and down. And that just signified this, access. Like, oh my goodness, there's, there, there's actually movement from, or at least God wants movement from heaven to earth. He wants a continual movement from heaven to earth. Well, that moment right there changed Jacob's life the course of his life. It not only changed his identity eventually, but matter of fact, he, he woke up and he eventually wrestled with God and God changed his name from liar to prince with God. I mean, this, this moment is so significant to Jacob that it not only changed him, it actually brought restoration to his family. Can I just encourage you today that when you, when you ask for an open heaven of your life, it's gonna do way more than you can ask or think. Like, you, you may have a families that are estranged or, or just apart, but I'll tell you something, God's will is to bring that family back together to restore it, and it usually happens with an open heaven moment in someone's life. You guys tracking with me? You can take that down. I just wanted, I wanted, you to, uh, to, I wanted that to get in your brain so you can, you can see that. Ezekiel, Isaiah, and many others had open heaven experiences. How about Jesus? You remember him? He got baptized. Heaven opened up. The Holy Spirit landed, and God spoke. And do you remember what he said? He said, hey, everyone, listen up. He said, this is my beloved son, and I love him. And I'm so pleased with him. And the significance of that open heaven moment is Jesus hadn't done anything yet. His ministry hadn't started yet. It was the simple obedience. But I want to show you how significant it is because the one thing the open heaven will do for you is your heavenly father will come down and say, hey, I'm proud of you, son. Your beautiful daughter. I love you so much. If there's one thing that will change your life, it's the very voice of God telling him how much he loves you, even when you didn't do anything yet. Matter of fact, he loves us while we were yet sinners or stinkers. That's how great God is. And that's the beautiful thing that happens with the open heaven. I believe that was a significant moment for Jesus. It was the foundation of his ministry, God's love. And I believe that the open heaven is that significant for us. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he told them to pray this way. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, he said this, he goes, this is how you should pray. Uh, Our Father, right, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then he says this, pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is happening in heaven. That's what he's saying, right? right? I love this version. Matthew, it's a Passion Translation version, Matthew 6.10. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. In other words, start praying and don't stop praying for an open heaven. You know, that, that, that's, that's our homework. Pray for an open heaven. I'm praying for you. But if you pray, 
man, we have a way better chance of those things happening. Because what E.M. Bounds says is true, is prayer breaks all bars, dissolves all chains, opens all prisons, and widens all straits by which God's saints have been held. Listen, prayer is a key to your open heaven. Time Magazine reported on a recent study on the power of prayer. It was a study on the power of prayer from a distance targeting AIDS and cancer patients. Those praying were given pictures, names, and blood counts of the patients. And here's the end result. The prayed for patients had fewer and less severe new illnesses, fewer doctor visits, fewer hospitalizations, and were generally in better moods than the others who were not prayed for. In other words, their prayers opened heaven over people they never met in person. Oh my goodness, that just gets me fired up. That's very biblical. See, and the more prayer prayed, more of heaven is displayed and more people saved. That's the way it goes. So Jesus is teaching us to access heaven with our prayers. Why is this critical? Especially for the time we live in. Because, my friends, this is time to get more spiritual. To get more spiritual. To get a third heaven perspective and to start living there. If you remember two weeks ago, we started, I, I, I was... I was building the case about this third heaven that Paul saw. He said, man, I had a vision of the third heaven. I saw things I can't even express, which then I concluded that there must be a one and a two, right? There's a three, there must be a one and a two. I'm just that smart. And, but I want to show you kind of what it looks like. If you want to show you this thing that Meg put together of the three heavens, and it's just kind of, the way it goes is this, um, the first heaven is the earth we live in. That's our atmosphere. It's everything you can touch, right? It's beautiful, you know. It's a great place. I mean, especially here in Cadillac. My, 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 my. Especially during these days. I mean, there isn't a better, more beautiful place than right here in northern Michigan. Uh, we, got it, we've, we got it good. So there's that first heaven. Then there's the second heaven, right? The second heaven, which I talked to you a couple weeks ago, the Bible says that, that there's, there's a ruler of the airways. His name is Satan. That's what the Bible says. He's the ruler of the airways and media. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but there's truth to that. What flies to the airways, right? He's got, a, he's got limited authority, Limited authority in this, in this area right here, and I, I can't tell you the proximity of it. I just know that it's the airways. It could be right above our heads. But I believe it's the second realm. I also believe that, it, that, that it's significant because it, and many times it covers up the third realm. That third realm is perfection. That's paradise. That's where righteousness lives. That's where truth is. That's where healing is. That's where the power of God resides in the third heaven. True? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, right? So we, we realize this, understand kind of this, this, this concept of the third heaven. You guys tracking with me? This is significant. Because many times we get caught living from the first two heavens. We we, and I get it, we live here. But I'm, not ta I'm talking about spiritually. 
That's why I said we got to get more spiritual because spiritually we can't live in this first heaven. Spiritually we can't fight in this second heaven. That's where the enemy is, by the way, in, the, in the, his airways. But we must get spiritual and start getting to this third heaven to get the right perspective. That's where everything happens. And that's what God wants to, that's what he says, when, when you pray, pray that that third heaven comes down to the first heaven. But there's that thing in between, that darn slew foot liar of an enemy, the one who puts fear, pride, and shame and weaves his wickedness in our lives. But I'm not afraid of him because I know I have heavenly authority. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute. And that, that's why God's teaching us today is like, you don't have to live under the oppression of an enemy anymore. Because all that stuff is up there, that darkness that you see, it's just a lie. It's just a lie. It's not true. The only power that the enemy has is a lie. A lie, right? For, for example, when, when they sinned in the beginning, by the way, there was, there was no... Uh, you know, this really wasn't prevalent at all because there wasn't any sin and, and he didn't, you know, Satan didn't have this kind of power, but, but he, he lured him in and, and all of a sudden uh, he, he said, uh, you know, eat of this tree and, and everything, you know, you'll, you'll be like God and they, they gave into it and they ate of the tree and, and the first thing you'll see in there is they, they, were, um, they were ashamed, shame, they were ashamed of their nakedness so they... So they were afraid, there's another fear, and then they hid. That's pride. Um, all those three things you find in the very uh, beginning, and so what happened is over time, the enemy just has weaved his lies. But, but my point is this, when Satan comes in your life because you've sinned, because you've made a mistake, he'll say this, he'll say, no, no, you didn't just make a mistake, you are a mistake. That's the lie. And all of a sudden, we live life thinking, man, make a mistake. We then begin living from the past. We live from our mistakes when God says, no, no, no. If you get up to the third heaven, you'll find out that because of Jesus, there's no fault in you. Because there's no sin in you. Jesus paid it all. Or, or, or you're, not, you're not judged by your sin. Yeah, we're all, we all have sin, right? We have flesh, but you're not judged by that. You are actually righteous and faultless before him in the third heaven. <clears throat> right? <clears throat> so don't get caught living from the first two heavens. Don't get distracted by what you see or hear in the natural. Come up higher and let God show you what he sees and what he will do. Come on. I wonder how many prayers are directed, please hear this, from the third heaven, prayed in a bold manner, a confident manner. I think that most of our prayers, this is my personal opinion, tend to be defensive. Lord, protect me. Lord, help me, save me. Those are not bad prayers. But when Jesus taught him to pray, he actually prayed them, he said, pray offensive prayers. He said, uh, pray this way, give me this day my daily bread. 
Release me from debt. Right? Release me from debt. Lead me into freedom. Right? But many times we actually, without knowing it, are praying the defensive, fearful, worried, panicky prayer from a first and second heaven. And I'm, listen, we're all in this together. I, I've been there. Have you been there? Yeah. <clears throat> so God wants to resurrect the passionate, purposeful, and powerful prayer from within you, that fervent and effectual prayer that punches a hole through the wickedness and darkness of that second heavenly realm. Because again, the Bible says that Satan is the ruler, even says he's the God of this world. That, that's another message in itself but he's the ruler of the airways. <clears throat> Prayer is the key to, to your open heaven. Prayer is, is a key to your open heaven. The bold, passionate, fervent prayer. Remember our last series, and, and I'm just have to keep bringing this into us, if my people would pray, then I'll open up heaven. If, then I'll hear from heaven. If, right? If. <clears throat> so it's a really easy thing to do. <clears throat> Emily and I love to take walks, and take a walk. every time we take a walk, we're, 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 we're multitasking. We're, we're enjoying the beauty, but we're praying, praying for our church, praying for our city, praying for you. Pray, 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 pray. But I believe the kind of prayer that breaks through that second realm is what's called the spirit-filled prayer. Oh, no, this is that kind of church. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Don't leave yet. Yes, we are a spirit-filled church. I believe the full gospel. I don't take anything out of the Bible and just, just because I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't. I don't, I don't want to do that. I, we preach the whole gospel. We preach the Bible. And so don't freak out, freak up to the third heaven. <clears throat> because it's the spirit-filled prayer, listen, that lets us speak directly to God without demonic hindrance or human interference. Those are the first two levels. Without demonic hindrance or human interference. It's that kind of prayer that gets to the third heaven to God quickly because it's a spiritual prayer. Even when you're groaning, even when you're down on your face, eating carpet, groaning, when you don't know what to pray, that's a spirit-filled prayer. I don't know what to pray, but oh! God takes it, shoots it right to heaven without any hindrance. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. When a person speaks in another language, that's just a spiritual prayer. He doesn't speak to people, but to God. Look at that. No one understands him. His spirit is speaking mysteries. Again, that spirit-filled moment right there is communicating directly to God without demonic hindrance or human interference, literally punching a hole through that second realm. The enemy cannot understand what you are saying. It flies right past his radar. He cannot decipher it or even hear it, and therefore he cannot interfere it. He cannot interfere with God's strategic battle plans and the commissioning of angels, the firing of heavenly weapons. 
All of this happens with a spirit-filled prayer. All it is is God bubbling out of you, out of your innermost being, like a flowing. You ever prayed that way? Like, man, all of a sudden you're praying like, woo, hallelujah, man. The, the words are flowing. You might pray in a different language, but the words are flowing. You feel it. You know what that is. It's amazing. Literally energizes you. Literally, you're like, like man, what just, it's like you almost got caught up to the third heaven. Hello. It's exactly what it is. John 7, 38 he who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Flowing out of the heart, through the mouth, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The spirit-filled prayer is the prayer that opens heaven. I know we've established that. I, wanted, I always want to continue to encourage you to pray. Don't stop praying. Every prayer is another turn of the key to unlock heaven over you and your family. So we'll continue to talk about these keys throughout this series. His righteousness, as we said, your brokenness, your boldness, your prayer, all are keys that open heaven. But the truth be told, we can lose our keys. You ever lost your keys? You ever lost them? Man, oh man. If you haven't, you haven't lived. I think we've all lost our keys at some point in time. I remember, I, remember, I can see the, the, this, this time back in the day when I had one key to my sob, which I loved and eventually gave away. But, and I remember I was, at, I was at a youth meeting and went really late, really, really late, as they usually did, and probably about 11 o'clock, and everyone was gone, and I couldn't find my keys. And I went, oh, my goodness, I can't even drive that car. Can't walk home. I could have miles and miles to walk home. And I was like, man, oh man, it was so frustrating. I was stuck. I was just stuck because I didn't have the key to my car to get where I wanted to go. I prayed, God, help me find them. And then I got really smart and got a second or third key. <clears throat> multiple keys. Say multiple keys. You ever feel like that? You ever felt like that, that you simply do not have access to go where you know God has called you to go? Stuck or like, like you know there's unlimited resources. You know that God hauls all these things. And all you, see, you feel like, man, I just feel like I don't have access. Let me, listen, I just want to help you find your keys. But God gives us powerful promises to his disciples about keys. Look at Matthew 16, 19. He says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus says, I give you keys to bring heaven into your surroundings. Don't you love that? It's a spiritual thing, because he didn't, he didn't just hand them a bunch of keys, like, here, try to figure out what these keys are, you know? They were spiritual keys. They were keys they needed to believe in. They were, they were, they were invisible keys, but I'm going to make them visible for you in this series so that you can say, oh, okay, that's a practical way. Practical way is, is um, you know, to, uh, to pray. That's a practical thing that you do, but it has very powerful spiritual results. It's key. But that verse is so powerful. I, I give you the keys of the kingdom of that third heaven. And whatever you bind on this earth 
will be bound in heaven. What does that mean? Whatever you loose on earth, that just means that you have a key, keys to make heaven open up over your life and to shut the mouth of the enemy. Yeehaw. You guys getting something? That verse is very interesting. If you read it in its context, it starts off by Jesus meeting the religious groups, the Pharisees. And they say, well, we don't believe in you. You better show us a sign, and then we'll believe in you. And he's like, man, get out of here. Wicked generation seeks a sign, he says. You know, they got mad, you know. But what was that about? They didn't believe. They, they, they were not spiritual. And then the, and then the next little story is about the disciples where Jesus had, uh, he just had um, fed 5,000 with a few loaves of bread. And all of a sudden they left that place and the disciples were in the boat and like, oh no, we forgot bread, we're gonna go hungry. And Jesus like, oh. You were thinking from this first heaven perspective. Didn't you just hear what I, didn't you just see what I did? Man, you want me to put a million fish in this boat right now for you? No, you don't. Do you, do you know what I can do? So they, they were missing it spiritually, and all of a sudden Peter comes up just after that, and he says, he says hey, um, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Jesus is saying, hey, th this is how I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the cross, but I'll be raised three days later. And then, and then Peter says, look, look at it. Peter says, I forbid it. I forbid you, Jesus, to do what God's called you to do. He was saying that. Because he was thinking, oh, I don't want you to die. And Jesus is like, get thee behind me, Satan. That's what he said. What was the deal there? Peter was thinking from an earthly perspective. He was, his, his mind, he was living from the first heaven and being, uh, being battling the second heaven in that moment. And Jesus said, no, 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 I need you to come up higher, Peter. Listen, the answer to an open heaven is found in the keys. So just, can I help you find at least one key today? We're going to look at a lot of keys, but because I'm, aren't you thankful? Just one of these keys is going to open up heaven. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of them, right? Listen, Jesus is the door. You can't get into heaven without, the, without getting through the door. But then when you get there, he's like, I'm going to give you keys. Oh, I'm going to give you keys to unlock the door for your joy. I'm going to give you a key to unlock your provision. I'm going to give you a key to unlock healing to, to, for your life, emotional or physical. I'm, I'm going to give you a key. So what I'm praying is I may, I may, have, I may say a key, grab that key. Grab all of them if you want. If you want to open up heaven, number one, you'll need his truth. You don't want my opinion. You do not want my political view. You think you do, but you don't. You don't need my knowledge. You need his truth because it is his truth that will open up heaven. It, the Bible says this, uh, John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you know where freedom is? In the third heaven. That, that's where, because that's where Christ is. Freedom is in the third heaven, right? Show, that, that, show that, uh, that picture of those three heavens again. I just want to, just so you can see it again. 
So freedom is found a gift from God from the third heaven. Now, please understand this. The kingdom of heaven lives in you and I. So what, what, what I'm trying to explain to you is that as Christians, we have the kingdom of heaven in us, but there's this, there's this battle in the second realm that tries to get us not to believe the truth. So go back to our verse a minute, John, John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But here's the truth. The truth doesn't set you free. It's the truth believed that will set you free. Come on. You will know the truth. <laughs> and this is where people don't get it. Man, you, there's truth flying around everywhere. That doesn't mean you believe it. God loves you. Well, I don't really believe it. I'm sorry. You got to know it and believe it. When you believe it, you'll experience it. When you, like the, the stuff we're talking about, when you believe his truth, I'm telling you right now, when you grab a hold of it, grab a hold of it, heaven's going to open up in your life. Because then you're going to finally realize, you know what? I'm not a sinner. No, you sin, but you're not a sinner. Come on. You're righteous. Please hear that. I hear a lot of people like to preach from the pulpit. You're a sinner. No, you're not anymore in Christ. Yes, you sin. Yes, we all sin and fall short, but that's not how you're labeled. You're labeled as a child of God. You're labeled as righteous, faultless, blameless before God. That's how God sees you. Do you believe it? Because that's the truth. But when you know the truth, when you know the truth, and the reason why people struggle so much, put up that three third heaven, the three heaven picture again, because when people struggle so much, they, there's a lie that's above them. There's an oppression that, that is ruling them that says, you sinner, you, you just are always gonna, you're always gonna be a sinner. And God's like, come up higher because you're not gonna hear that. I'm gonna tell you right now that you're a king's kid. You gotta punch a hole through that evil, wicked second realm where he rules. Come on, anybody here? It's the truth believed that will set you free. The truth that you live, the truth that you are confident in. See, I know Emily. I'm with her all the time. We're close. I know that she needs her coffee right away in the morning. Amen. She likes cozy. She likes colorful. She likes purses. Not amen. She likes pretty things. She loves God. I know what she likes and I know what she doesn't like because I'm with her. Here's the question. How long have you been hanging around with the truth? How well do you know the truth? Do you have a promise to stand on regarding your situation? If not, go get one. Here's a common one. John 10.10, 10, the great divide. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Comma. But Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. The devil wants to work in the first and second realm, but Christ has come to give you abundant life from the third heaven, bring it down to the first heaven, right? But here's where people struggle. By the way, I got that verse memorized. You should too, John 10, 10. It's easy, 10, 10. Say 10, 10. Say John 10, 10. Say the thief comes to steal, 
kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and life abundantly. You know what I know about that verse? There's no middle ground. Pretty black and white. But what people tend to do because of the enemy, they, 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 they start to debate that. Well, uh, maybe God does want to take and steal. Maybe God does take life. May, maybe, and I'm telling you, that's his, that's, that is not the third realm. That's a second realm language or just a first realm where we don't, we're not spiritual. That's not what that verse says. The verse is very clear. The devil's a stealer, a killer, and a liar. He has one agenda. He wants to mess you up, me up. He wants to steal. Anytime anything's ever stolen in your life, it's not God. Anytime anything is killed, it's not God. Anytime something's destroyed, not God. Not. But here's where we sit today. You're thinking in your mind, well, the problem is that you might hear that truth that I just said, but you don't believe it. It's when you believe it is when heaven opens up in your life. See, if you hang around a liar, you'll eventually believe a lie. If all we're living from is the first realm and we're battling in the second, you're going to hear his lies. And eventually, because none of us are, are immune to it or strong enough, we'll believe it. So get away from the liar and get to the truth because Jesus wants to open up heaven for you. See, personally, we have faced many situations that, that need an open heaven, needed an open heaven now and in the future. And by the way, the truth has always prevailed in those moments. I say always. Uh, I'm not gonna go over the, the, the different things, but well, I, one, I'll, I'll just tell you um, that sometimes we pray for an open heaven or we're the true, we're, 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 we, are, we have the truth, you know, uh, the truth, and we're believing it, we know it. See, there's certain things in me you couldn't take from me because I know it. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. I know God's a healer. These are things that I know, but, but, but I had to get them in there, and I had to go through the battle of making sure that thing is down deep in my heart. You know what I'm talking about. Remember, Emily was uh, going through a difficult time. She was struggling with um, fear uh, years ago. We were in ministry, and, and the enemy, man, from that second realm, started attacking her on the, in the first realm. And I'm telling you, man, she was losing weight. I, I, there was multiple times when, when, when I'm... In ministering in a service, and they say, oh, Emily had to go to the hospital. I'm like, what? Two weeks in a row, losing weight. And, and I'm thinking, man, oh, man, you know what we did? We didn't fret. We didn't panic. We might have been concerned right away. We got the word of God out. We got the truth of the word out. And I'm telling you, she remembers this, and we were speaking it, praying it. I mean, we were praying it, and an hour later, she's throwing up. And we pray it again, and an hour later, she's, and we pray it again, and an hour later, and we'd pray it again for probably about 21 days, Emily, if, I, if you probably think about it. That sounds like Daniel when, when he had to pray 21 days till he got his answer. But I'm telling you, sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. You're open heaven. So, so, but his truth over and over and believed and known in your heart will punch a hole in that second heaven. Come on. 
You got to get the door open with, with, with the truth. So which door do you need open? Which door do you need open in your life? Right now, think about it. So you, you have to know what your need is. Maybe you just want some joy. Man, let's go get a key. Get up in that third heaven, the kingdom of heaven that lives in you, and find the key, the promise of God, the truth, that God restores the joy, your joy of his salvation. Come on. That the joy of the Lord is your strength. That God wants you to have joy again. God is waiting for anyone to believe the truth. He's looking to and fro to see if there's anyone who will believe his truth, his word. He's watching from that third heaven today, and he's saying, where's your, where's your promise? Where's your truth? Where's the word? Amen? He wants to do something. Look at Jeremiah 1.12. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, little Jeremiah, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. Don't you love that? But that devil will try to keep that truth from you and try to keep you from knowing it. Get to know it. Cuddle up with it. Sleep with it. Talk about it. Speak it. Get that thing going deep down in your heart, and I promise you the truth will prevail. I got to finish up, but I want to give you, you know what? No, that's the key. I'll give you some more next week. You guys good with that? I, I, I just want to, I, I want to, I want us to, to, to marinate in this stuff. I just want us to marinate in it. I want you to know that today, you not only have a powerful prayer in you, you, you and you have, a, you have a spiritual prayer in you. You do. You have one. But you got the truth. Go find the truth for what you need. If you're fearful, you know what you need? You don't need faith. You need God's love. God's love drives out fear, right? So don't feel you gotta drum up all this faith. No, no, no. Get the love of God. The love of God drives out, perfect love drives out fear. Go up in that third heaven, and all you gotta do is say this, Papa. Say Papa. Oh, man, just, I know it's that Papa, our Papa. That's really that word, uh, Abba, Papa, Father, who art in heaven. That's how he wants us to address him. Papa, Father, Abba, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, open up heaven over my life right now. Papa, Abba, Papa God. It seems so weird because we grew up in church like, God, God. That's okay, God. I'm like, come on, man, it's not G-A-W-D. <laughs> Papa, Papa, he told us to pray, pray this, our Papa, our Father, who art in heaven, come on, oh, you're mighty, you're powerful, we'll talk about that next week, amen, what do you need, 
What do you need? What's your need? Come on, think about it. Think about what is your greatest need right now. God wants to open up heaven over your life, and I'm praying that God opens up heaven over your life. And by the way, when we walk away from this place, you just can't get away from that open heaven because that open heaven's gonna say, hey, son, I love you. And you don't have to do one thing to prove it because I love you no matter what. Hey, daughter, I love you. You don't have to prove anything to me. I love you. I made you. Pray that you hear that voice from the open heaven. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, today. And I'm believing with all of my heart and my faith, even a mustard seed of faith that I had, that everyone listening online in this place right now is going to experience an open heaven so all God wants you to do is just receive it right he wants to bring a gift to your life and that's what we do and so let's, let's take a humble position let's lift up our hands to God just like a receiving gift. You will bring something to your life, into your mind. Is God greater than your circumstance? With God, all things are possible. But you don't have to receive a gift, but man, oh man, he sure wants to give one. Say, Papa God. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you by faith. And I look up into an open heaven right now and I ask for you to pour down every good and perfect gift that allows me to be free and loved and to enjoy you enjoy people enjoy this life and to reach many people with the gospel so God, I expect heaven to open up and pour down like never before in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Remember, I am crazy enough to believe this stuff. I, I, I know what's going to happen. By the way, when, when these things start to happen, like tell me. Just go on Facebook or something. Just let me know because it really encourages me to know that I'm not crazy. And uh, God is good. So, We have some prayer requests this morning that you all can be in, in agreement with us. Um, but I want to start with a couple of people in our body sent me some words of encouragement. Um, and I believe they're for all of us. First of all, one from this little girl. She's 11 years old. She wrote this little note at church or at school. And it is definitely right in line with what we're learning today from the Word. So I just want to read it to you. <laughs> it's sideways. You know how it keeps turning? Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to try to look sideways. Stick your finger on it. Huh? Stick your finger on it, right? No, I, I don't know if that'll work. Um, okay. We listen to the Lord. His name is Jesus. It's our Lord, and he's perfect. And the angels, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, is a king of kings. 
And then there's, there, there's this little uh, picture of a sword right in the middle there, a sword and a shield. It says, pray for healing or bad stuff because Jesus is the king. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Amen. Woo! So we can know as we listen to the Lord, that's the truth that Dan yeah. was talking about today. We listen to the Lord and we take the sword, which is the truth, yeah. the word of God, and we can pray for any bad stuff yeah. and we can pray for healing of any kind. And Jesus is king over that, that thing that you're praying for. So he's, he's going to have his way. Here's the other word of, uh, word of encouragement. Somebody said, I keep hearing the Lord say, I will fight for you. You don't have to fight. I will fight for you. We yield to him and he fights, right? It's so easy to live under an open heaven. We yield to him. We agree with his truth. We agree with who he is. Mm Here's the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. And in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus said, come to me. Just come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. See, it's easy to live under an open heaven because he did all the work, and he does all the work for us. He's fighting for you. Okay, so we're going to pray for a woman who had surgery on her feet. We're going to pray for healing for a friend who is in the hospital uh, with some maybe pneumonia symptoms possibly. And uh, we're just going to believe for healing. I think those were the two prayer requests with that. Yeah, so Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you have already done the work for us on the cross, Jesus. You have already bought healing for us. You've already taken care of everything, all of our heavy burdens, Lord. You've already won the victory, Jesus. And so we just yield to you. We agree with who you are. We agree with your truth, Lord. We believe what you say over the distractions of the enemy, over the lies of the enemy, over even the sickness and the symptoms and the the distracting chaos happening all around us or in us, Lord. We speak healing to this person's feet that have just been, uh, she's just had surgery, she or he. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, quick healing and recovery. Strengthen those feet, Lord that they can continue to walk with you, Jesus, get stronger and stronger in their walk with you, Lord, and get stronger and stronger physically so they can fulfill your purpose. I also speak healing over that person who is experiencing symptoms. We speak life into those lungs right now in Jesus' name. Whatever the symptoms are from, Lord, it's still just a distraction of the enemy. And so we command life into that body. Strength, Lord, new life, breath of God, come and breathe into that person's lungs. Let the oxygen of your Holy Spirit fill that person's body, Lord, with strength. We thank you, Lord, that they will rise up and be strong. You said that when uh, we call for the elders of the church to pray, Lord, that we pray the prayer of faith and you will raise up that person, the sick person up, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, that you're raising up that person right now as we pray. We agree with your healing work, Jesus, what you've already done on the cross. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, we love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you soon.
We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.